0: welcome to the legendarium and the kid knocks him down hits him between the eyes with his quarterstaff and then beats him to death and won the duel (laughs) as
1: you do as
0: you do (laughs) as you do that was our open by the way you laughing Hey, how, how you doing? I'm good. Hey, I'm hey, good. welcome everybody to the Legendary Podcast. I'm Craig Hanks. Uh, part two of the Dragon Reborn today, but first, of course, our uh, wonderful sideshow of geekery. Now, the only real problems I have with him, honestly, are his personality and his face. It's Kyle Lemon. At least I can remember names. That's true. <laughs> And uh, I wrote some poetry for you guys. Roses are red, violets are blue. I have five fingers, and the third one's for Ken Johnson. I'm gonna pull your braids, and Kyle's beard. All right. right. (laughs) And I don't typically get really jealous, but I have to be honest, I do really envy all the people who have never met him. It's Ryan Bruckman.
2: (laughs) (laughs) They're a specially blessed group.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, ain't that the truth? Uh, Welcome, everybody. Thanks for coming back, you guys. It is part two of our discussion. When last we left, we had discussed a lot of characters and motivations and characters' actions and stuff, but I think there's a lot more stuff to talk about as far as events. And also, I kind of wanted to get to... Uh, how we think Robert Jordan is doing as an author so far. That's that's always something I'm in tr- always interested in talking about. So uh, let's go ahead and dive in. We're we're skipping past the intro. Um, and, well, I guess I should say we'll dive in after a little bit of housekeeping. So first of all, patreon.com slash legendarium. Uh, thank you to everybody who has donated this month and uh, who continues to To do so, we really, really appreciate it. We do need the donations to keep coming for hosting costs. And like I mentioned on the site, if we get to $150 per episode as a donation number, then I will start um, incentivizing these guys to come in and and record. Basically, they deserve something. Uh, I think we all do. None of us have gotten a single dime from this podcast. And Ryan and I, I don't know, we've spent many thousands of dollars on keeping this thing going and getting it up and running and so i i'm very excited to uh to start handing out just a little bit for every episode that we do a little bit to compensate for the cost of books the cost of transportation we don't all i mean we live locally but not across the street so uh that will be much appreciated uh let's see what else keep an eye out on reddit i love getting the comments on reddit and uh, i am generally the one that you're going to interact with the most there so i'm craig and i post under the legendarium on reddit if you if you Uh, put a message up there or a comment on one of our posts, we will respond. Sometimes it'll be me, sometimes it'll be Ryan or or Kyle. Ken, I don't think you're a big time Redditor, right? No, but I'm on there. If you see something from Ken all day, that's me. Yeah, that's right. And now, Facebook is another story. Um, I think if you you go and publish a post on our page, or if you send us a private message, more often than not, that'll be me responding, but oftentimes it's Ryan. Uh, So you can get a hold of uh of any of us really if you want to address us personally mm-hmm. and we do love to hear from you and we love to uh uh to to correspond with you I th- i'd say that's one of the chief joys of having started this podcast
2: if you it's, feel like the person you're speaking to has a soul it's probably me that's if true if
0: you feel like the person is actually smart though it's, it's probably me. uh ken oh i got there right. first <laughs> <laughs> Um Uh, I feel like I'm missing. Oh, you know what? I am missing something. We are doing our our next giveaway. I announced last time that we're going to be doing a giveaway. And so I just want to announce that again. Here's how it works. If you are listening to this episode and you make it 20 or 30 minutes in, whenever I remember to actually give you the word of the day, then your task is to... Record that word of the day, and I'll do that three times uh, for three episodes. If you can get all three words of the day, then at the end of the third episode when we've aired that, you can send us a Facebook private message or a tweet or a Reddit private message, whatever you want to do. Get us that um, the phrase, the entire phrase, including all three words of the day without spoiling it for anybody else, so no giant Reddit posts or anything like that. Uh, But if you can do that and prove to us that you've uh, heard all three words of the day, then you will be entered to win either a copy of the 14th, uh, a hardback copy of the 14th book in the series, which is called, Kyle? The 14th book? Yeah. Yeah. Memory Memory of of, Light. Memory of Light. That's right. I've got two hardbacks of that. I've got a Wheel of Time adult coloring book to give away, and I've got a Legendarium t-shirt to give away. And so we will be doing all four of those um and uh may the best listener win listen for listeners i guess uh anyway so
2: i really hope someone named matt wins so we can just blame it on his luck because it'd be fun <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd be great
0: that'd be great uh shall we dragon reborn part two i want to hear from uh ken first this time i'm here what do you got i liked it what <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any bullet points you want to bring I, up? I can't Set, even remember. We, we're we're getting into events. I'll come we, back. I to I was going to say
3: we left off. We left off uh, with a whole list of things we were going to go over this time, and I can't remember a darn one of them.
0: All right, I'll go to Ryan then. Ryan, what you got?
2: Uh, Event-wise, um, how about the? We'll go straight to the end. The killing of Balzamon. <laughs> okay. Because, and I don't mean it like by an action point because this. This is the point that I brought up before. Like, who is he actually fighting? Because he, th- we think it's he thinks it's the Dark One. It's you know Balzamon. I think we've talked before that we think it's one of the Forsaken or something. Because there's a corpse, and Moraine says the Dark One is not. Uh, he, dark he, One doesn't leave. He, a well, corpse yeah, season. we've
0: said it's probably Ishmael because I think at the end of Book Two, um, what, what's her name, Lanfear, lets slip that Ishmael thinks he's pulling all the strings, and so I
2: think it's implied that that's who Rand's been dealing with, right? Right. Yes. Um, but that being said, we think it's one of the, you know, let's say it's an Ishmael where I will, I will happily turn over to that. It's still a, I don't know what I'm trying to go for here. It's still a big
0: point that it's a big deal. What, even if it's not the dark one, it's still a big deal. Is that what you're
2: saying? Yes. Okay. He's still fighting a forsaken, um, and it's a forsaken who has basically been pretending to be the dark one which I can't imagine the dark one being all that okay with. He's like he's like
1: the forsaken too. He's like the, the top the, tier like he's like
0: the he's head like, vampire. He's mm, like the Lucius Malfoy of <laughs> of this universe. Right? Sure. Which which leads me he's, to
3: think that the dark the dark one would be okay mm-hmm. maybe it was like an assignment like okay go out and be me. He's like until Vader until I can
1: be me when all
3: the seals
2: are broken. He's
1: yeah. like Vader to the emperor.
0: There you go. There
2: you go. Um sure. But let's look at the sequence of when Rand comes into, like, I would imagine that the Forsaken, who is number two in the books there, basically, um, he, when Rand shows up and takes Kalendor, all of a sudden, like, he's like, okay, crap, got to get out of here. And so then they get this whole chase sequence where Rand all of a sudden is just like, click, I can make a gateway. Click. Oh, yeah.
0: What was that about? Well, the thing is he's
2: done that, like, all of his learning with power has kind of been this... Recovery of the Dragon Reborn's memories, almost oh, okay. like that have been there, you know, loose there, and right. like there's something he's pulling from. So he's just like, I remember how to do this kind of, and it happens. But once he does it, he can remember it from then on. But yeah, it's like he grabs Kalendor, turns into this kind of different person, has so much of the power, and just starts chasing on this for- this Forsaken who is supposedly like number two, I guess. You know, yeah. he's super powerful. I would I would have expected a little bit more of a confrontation. Maybe, or I don't know if he's been weakened by their previous engagement or something. Um, that is true. It did. It did seem rather anticlimactic.
1: This is this is something that I think it's not confused or lost, and maybe maybe it's a detriment to, or maybe it's a criticism on on Jordan's part. You know, like he didn't explain this well enough because there's a lot of people that don't quite get what's actually happening. Um, and not that we don't get it, but. My wife just recently finished reading The Eye of the World and she posed the question to me as well, like at the end of the Eye of the World, he's fighting Baalzamon. I thought he killed him at the end of the Eye of the World. Well, there's no body. You know, what he does in the end of the Eye of the World is he cuts the the big black cord that's connecting him to the dark one or whatever. So he cuts him off from the dark one essentially. Um and if we're going over under the assumption that Baalziman is actually Ishmael, that, poses an interesting, interesting question because obviously Ishmael is still a forsaken. He shows back up as Baal's Um So he would have had to have gone back to Sheol Ghul and kind of reestablish his connection with the Dark One um, after book one. And then in book two, they have this whole battle in the sky. It's Baal's Rand apparently stabs him in the chest and wounds him thinking that he kills him again. But again, nobody. So
0: nobody, no crime. Nobody.
1: Um, there's all kinds of speculation of, well, Balzaman, you know, melted his sword before it actually stabbed and pierced his heart or whatever. So it didn't, it didn't actually, it wasn't a fatal wound, but it was, it it definitely wounded him. You see him, you see Balzaman show back up in Telaran Riyadh at some point and it shows like this kind of like hole in his chest or whatever. And then at the end of this book, um, another battle with Rand and Balzman. But up until the end of book three, Ishmael or Balzman is trying to convert Rand to the dark side, essentially right. to, to join the dark one. And at a certain point in book three, he decides, no, we're going to kill him. He's not going to join us. Now I've got to kill him. He shows up to kill him in the stone. And then like Ryan says, Rand gets Kalandor. And then Ishmael's is like, Oh man, I I can't take him with Kalandor. I've got to get out of here and run away. So and then they end up fighting or whatever, and Rand kills him, and then finally there's a body. Um Ishmael dead, essentially. So right. um, uh, body crime. Yeah. So uh, you know, the the whole idea in fantasy, and we talked about this when Tom died in The and Eye of book the World. Oh, book, oh, you oh, don't actually book? see him die. Book you don't one. actually yeah. see a body in a fantasy.
0: <laughs> there's a great moment. Did you guys ever watch Chuck? Uh uh-uh we're Uh, actually rewatching it right now oh man i think it's like i think it's season three and uh there's there's a good guy who turns into a bad guy and there's this confrontation and um and he he's like oh it doesn't matter anybody (laughs) somebody gets shot and then chuck goes back and he's talking to his best friend and uh and he says well i I saw him get shot he's dead he's gone (laughs) he's like did you see brain matter well, uh, no. Oh man! First rule of comic books: that there's no brain matter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and kind of the same thing. First rule of fantasy: no body. Yeah. No death. No death. And uh, it's interesting too because Rand. You're Uncle
3: ben. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's right. <laughs> Rand Unless <it's> thinks convenient.
1: <laughs> that you know he thinks in book one that he kills the dark one. He thinks in books two book two that he kills the dark one. Book three he thinks he kills the dark one and there's a body and then Moraine points out: Do you really think that the dark one? Has a body, like you know what I mean, and uh, so it's kind of interesting that
0: it's so well. He's got it. Well, he's got a taint. So (laughs) I, I just saw Ryan going after it. (laughs) It's so
1: confused (laughs) with the rest of like with a lot of readers. Like, what is actually happening here? Um, And like I said, my wife just finished Eye of the World and asked me the same thing, and so I kind of had to lay that same thing out. You have to either go and reread it. And, and like I said, that's probably a criticism of Jordan. Like this isn't entirely clear what's going on and maybe I'm just not a good enough reader, but I feel like, you know, I've read it through six times and it took me maybe to the fourth time to really pin down like, Oh, this is what's going on hmm. with Ishmael and Balsmont. Right. It leaves you going well, what exactly do I have to
3: do to kill him? Because if you see no body, then he isn't really dead. But if you see a body,
1: well, he isn't really dead either. Well, but it just proves but? that Baal is not actually the dark one. Right. In fact, I think, I can't remember which book it mentions it. It's two, I think it's two. But Ba'al-Zamon is the is Trollic language, I think. Right. For the dark one. And if Ishmael is posing as the dark one all the time, that's the only thing that the Trollocs are ever going to see. Right. Is Ishmael's embodiment with the flaming eyes and the flaming, you know, mouth and or whatever, this, and, and so they're calling him the Dark One, but it's not actually
2: Heart of the Dark. Yeah, Heart or, of the Dark is. And what it there's
0: means. this whole thing about, um, you know, don't say the Dark One's name, and if he were really the Dark One, Voldemort. then they they could exactly <laughs> yeah. they couldn't say Baalzamon if that was the case, but they say it all the time. But as soon as they say Voldemort or Shaitan, I think it is, then the world lurches and the mm-hmm. the. Curse takes hold, or whatever it is, um, and so I think that's a fairly good indication. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. uh, cool. Sorry, I didn't mean to like. No, take that's, that over. That's good. <laughs> Speaking of the Forsaken, though, uh, we got a suggestion from a listener by the name of Sill. I I think I'm I'm going with Sill on this one, uh, and he asked for a Forsaken, forsaken kill count. count. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm curious where we're at with that, assuming that by the eternal laws of brain matter in comic books, assuming this guy is dead, and that it is, in fact, Ishmael, the, let's let's figure out who we've got so far. So there are 13 Forsaken with names. I don't remember those names except Landfear because apparently she's well, are, So Are we
3: at two at the end of this book? Because wasn't Bel- well, so
0: No, there was the so, two in book one.
1: Yeah, Agenor and yep. Belal. Oh, okay. Or no, not Belal. Balthamel. Okay. There's two of those. They're weird Names Balthamel and Agonor, one was killed by the Green Man. One, I believe, was killed by Moraine. I
0: th- thought they. Uh, I don't know. I. I don't remember. Yeah, it was too long ago. In in the anyway. <laughs> it's a. Ba- it's uh, been the first three two. Months, uh. The
1: first two that were released from the Dark One's prison because the seals were breaking, and right. they were on. You know, they're the closest to the edge. Right. And they were all you know Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade like face melting, face melting, yeah, 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 whatever. They uh, so those that's two those down. Those two down, and
0: then Ishmael and, uh, after book three. This is it. So should far. be down. Okay. Yeah. So we've got ten left.
3: Wasn't mm-hmm. there Bilal in this book too? Bilal is that who it was? No, was? I, I think who, there's, who was, there's
0: mention of somebody is ruling in I- Ilion. Who's, mm-hmm. yeah. who's, who's ruling in Samael? Samael. Who's ruling?
3: Who was ruling in Tyr? I have in my
1: notes. Oh, that might be. Right. And I mentioned to this this to you guys earlier. I have in my notes that I don't know what it was, but I just put a, a bullet that said forsaken. All upons, because in this book, <laughs> <laughs> in the Dragon Reborn, all of a sudden there's, you know, Forsaken in, in you know, Sammel's ruling in Ilion, and, and by the way, Forsaken in Tear, and you know, all this kind of I,
0: stuff. I don't, n- I don't remember hardly anything from future books, and so I feel comfortable. uh I feel comfortable predicting this without actually knowing the answer, but um, uh, Gabriel has got to be a Forsaken. Yeah. Right, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no way he's not one.
2: Yeah. Turning yeah. Morgase, who is this very strong female character, into, into like a milksop. Yeah. Immediately. That quickly. You know that there's there's some sort of magic, most likely involved in that. So I would say yes, Forsaken.
1: Well, and when but. Matt when Matt visits Camlyn um, and actually talks to Morgays when mm-hmm. he delivers Elaine's letter and stuff, and he and we meet Gabriel really like face-to-face um it's interesting because more kind of shows through like her personality and i can't remember exactly the conversation but she's saying something to matt and then he like puts his hand on her shoulder or something and her demeanor changes right and so it's like okay very subtle clue or not so subtle i guess if you're if you're watching for it that there's something that just went down and so definitely definitely forsaken yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. they're all upons. The Landfear's <laughs> doing stuff. And...
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> you want your list of the Forsaken? Yeah, Demondred, Ravin, Aganor, Asmodian, Ishmael, Landfear, Semirag, Misana, Balthamel. Semirag is the ugliest name in the entire history of the world, <laughs> which is really ironic because she's like the hottest of the outside of Landfear. Uh, Isn't okay. it Grendel that's the, supposed to be like? Oh, a that's super right. right. The super hot Sorry, one. that's right. Grendel, uh, Belal, Mogadian, uh, Samael, and Grendel.
0: Right on. Okay. Uh, so three down, ten to go. Where are we at with the uh the seal count? We're no seals in this one, right? Three So three, three, down. three down, four to go. Um, I think. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, let's talk about Arthurian stuff. What do you say? Yes. I I don't have a ton to say on this except what I did in the in the intro of the last podcast, where basically Rand shows up. And I don't know how I missed it the first time I read these books. But it's like, Rand, you need to go draw the sword from the stone. Draw the sword from the stone, and I did. I didn't catch it until this read through. Like, duh. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. What it's, was that
1: about the stone and and the sword? Yeah. Anyway,
0: so uh, that that's as far as I've got in this book, but I know there's a lot more to talk about. Uh, Ryan, you seemed pretty eager. Well, I
2: I don't know if we've touched on it before, but the fact is, is just about. Just about all of our naming conventions are attached to an Arthurian character. Uh, you, a lot of the women are attached to Guinevere, um, Egwene, Elaine. like a lot of those, they have some root with uh, Guinevere and the Arthur character, which is Rand, which Arthur Pendrag. we've we've, we've got Arthur Hawkwing. Uh, the only one that doesn't really connect strongly to that in terms of Rand's lineage there is Luz there and Telemond. Um, I don't really know of a connection there. <laughs> and Rand Althor. As far as I as far as I can tell, that's not an Arthurian. Well, didn't name.
1: you make the did you make the point in and I think our first episode, Althor is kind of like Arthur. Like, oh, okay, yeah, uh, fine,
0: sort Dang of. It. That was your own point. Uh, you know, I'm a lot smarter than myself. Yeah. you should know that about
2: me. <laughs> but you yeah. even look at like some of the other naming conventions of like the Ammerlin seat, um, right. Merlin. right? Merlin. Or Tom Merlin. Tom Merlin. like it's the especially. I, I, and I want to say that you know our 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 lovely. The thought thought lost itself in my head while I was trying to form words, and so I just it uh, got really ugly really quick. So, Kyle, you're now lovely. Well,
1: (laughs) apparently I have the uh, pedophile mustache when (laughs) Craig can't see my beard through the microphone. So, Um, lovely uh, is the right word. (laughs) Yeah, no, no,
2: I'm totally (laughs)
1: scared.
2: I thought uh, Kyle brought up a point when we were talking about that that, um, oh, what was... I gotta backtrack just a little bit. Uh, Just what was I saying just before I lost my train? Uh,
0: Dude, I have no idea. You have you have Uh, dragged us so far off the rails. Derailed. Wow, it was a really
2: good one.
1: This had better be worth it. It's a slow motion train wreck. (laughs) (laughs) Slow motion?
2: I don't know. (laughs) It's like I feel like I'm hurtling at high rates of speed. Uh, Move on. I've lost it. It's 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 Tom
0: Merlin. There's Galad, which is probably referring to Galahad. That could be there's, there's Gawain
2: which refers to Gawain It's yeah. the concept that the wheel of time These ages keep going and so Like the Arthurian legend would This be was repeated, not worth it Would be uh. repeated in this age like oh, okay. Connected there That's, That was the point that I think we talked about at some point in time mm-hmm. ah, Got it <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad <laughs> Wow <laughs> and
0: everybody everybody listening like so is many like, things in life the build-up was not i know everybody's looking at their their timer on their uh, podcast app like oh my gosh that was 90 <laughs> seconds i'm never getting back sorry i you know no no i'm not sorry ryan is sorry
2: not enough no not so much um lancelot land oh is that a mordred thing? demondred avalon tarvalon T- oh, okay. Well, and Camel- Mordred, Mordred, Camelin, Camelot, yeah,
0: Mordred and and uh, more as well. Oh uh, yeah. shoot, this is going to get confusing. I don't want to talk about this anymore.
2: <laughs> Just kidding. Saw Angriel, Holy Grail.
0: Well, yeah, that one's that one's pretty clear. Uh, well, I guess maybe it's not. I guess it depends on how many times you read. You said Caiman uh, and Camelot.
1: Tis a silly place.
0: Tis, tis <laughs> a silly place. Um, yeah, there's uh somebody mentioned uh, one character. I think it's in like book one or two. Mentioned Paran Parandizen. Oh yeah, sounds like Paradise. The gates of Paradise. But I guess that's not that's not sorry that's not Arthurian. Who cares? Yeah, eh, who cares? All right, anything else Arthurian that we
2: want to talk about? If there's anybody still listening to us. Yeah, you
0: know. seriously, let's get to Japanese stuff uh, because there Ooh. was a comment uh, from JFF Dugan. Uh, I'm taking a stab here. Uh, that's the username on uh, on reddit uh, so he brought up um, Miyamoto the farmer with Ushashi. a quarterstaff moment so mm-hmm. we talked last time about when Matt comes out of his uh, mordith coma and he goes and challenges Galad and Gawain to uh, fight and he's got a quarterstaff and they've got swords they got and swords, yeah. and he just kicks their butts and it's a pretty great scene and there was a message he says uh, this is the Dugan character. If you don't call out the historical parallel to the farmer with a quarterstaff moment, I will yell at, yell at you loudly enough for you to hear it. Well, this person probably yelled during the last episode. I apologize. <laughs> but we're going to oh, we, get to it we, now. We, we mentioned him, it. Yeah, we, we told we, him it was we, coming. we made it a That's teaser. True. So. That's true. I, I suppose we did. Now, I have no idea. And and he made me feel like an idiot. He or she made me feel like an idiot, which I really appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> no i thought I. we I thought all appreciate I was missing it something. it's rare when we can do that to correct. <laughs> right. so i thought that um i thought i was missing something really obvious it's not that obvious unless uh you know about this person from history but i went and looked him up on on wikipedia because the link was provided there and it's a pretty dope little story uh kyle you said you looked it up too do you want to do yeah. it or should i
1: uh, why don't you go ahead? You are better at reading and conversing. Well, and I'm not gonna. I'm stuff. not gonna like read well, yeah,
0: Wikipedia for people. Go ahead, because uh,
1: I I just barely pulled it up about five minutes ago. So you've probably looked at it. Well, <laughs> no, than I have. Uh, so there's he's a, a legendary
0: swordsman. A, there's a guy by the name of uh, Musashi, and this was back in 1596. Musashi was 13 years old, and he's this kid in feudal Japan. And there's another guy, a samurai by the name of Arima Kihei. I think would be how you'd say it. Something like that. Uh, it turns out I don't speak Japanese. Uh, but this samurai was traveling to hone his art and he posted a challenge, a public challenge. Anybody can see if they can take me on. And this 13-year-old kid took him up on it. He wrote his name on the paper. And uh, and the kid's dad was, I think it was his dad, was like, what are you, what are you doing? You can't, you're going to get killed. This guy's a trained swordsman. You're screwed. And so he goes to the samurai and says, please don't. Don't do this. He's he's just a kid. Uh, he's just a farmer. He hasn't had the training that you've had, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And the guy says, well, the only way that everybody's honor can be assuaged in this situation is for the kid to come apologize to me at the time of the duel. So if he apologizes, then we don't have to duel, but he does have to come. So the kid shows up at the appointed hour, and the dad starts to apologize for him and the kid says screw that and he runs after the guy he runs up to the samurai And the samurai pulls out this wakasashi and, and tries to block him and the kid knocks him down hits him between the eyes with his quarterstaff and then beats him to death and won the wow. duel <laughs>
2: <laughs> as you do
0: as you do as you do so,
2: your old dad distract him while I beat him with a stick. <laughs> that's what you do in feudal Japan.
0: <laughs> and so as far as I can tell, I think that's the story mm-hmm. that this person was referring to, and it's pretty dope. Yeah, so thank
2: you,
1: Dugan.
0: Um, you know, and that's one <laughs> of those things. Like, I, I get really into um, northern European history. I, I love Viking stuff, and, and Arthurian stuff not quite so much, but, yeah, it, it does intrigue me. Um, I'm really into Germanic legends and stuff from, like, Northwestern France, the Breton people really like excite my imagination for some reason. But I've never gotten into Eastern myths and, and legends and that sort of stuff. And so uh, if anybody knows more of that stuff and if it ties in somehow to the Wheel of Time, please let me know. I am well, going to miss all of those things. And I bet the same would go for mm-hmm. you guys. Yeah. Uh, and we,
1: and we've, called, we've called this out before, but let's just bring back, you know, attention to Robert Jordan and his ability to take so much world history and mm-hmm. myth and legend, and apply it to this book and create it in you know his own universe because he does pull from Norse and you know European history mm-hmm. and all of that, but then there is so much um, Asian. History and culture, the Shan within, Chan, and Yeah, the Shan Chan, the obviously the katana with the mark
0: play that we've talked right, about right, before,
1: right. the yin and yang, the idea of the you know, the, the flame of Tarvalin and the Dragon's Fang and and just which, all of that. Which and, is
0: another thing it took me until this reading to get. I I had no idea when I was reading it the first time that the flame of Tarvalin and the Dragon's Fang were actually the two halves of the symbol of the Aes Sedai. No idea. I, I don't wow. look. I'm a lot smarter than myself. It just takes my other self a little while to catch up. But yeah, so I mean, it's it's littered with
1: so much European history, but also Asian history and culture and stuff as well. And so, like Craig says, if anybody can point out things that we're missing, please add that to any you know subreddits or whatever that we're that we're on in Facebook or whatever, and and we'll call it out and and talk about it here on the yeah, podcast.
0: Yeah. The other thing that came up on Reddit a lot, and I have thoughts, but I want to hear the three of you duke it out, especially Ken. I haven't heard from you enough, but there's... the first time you have ever said that. (laughs) There's the moment when uh, we we jump into one of those rare Rand POV moments, Mm -hmm. and he straight up murders a caravan full of people. This is the one that I supposedly didn't catch. Um, So he's... He's wandering through the countryside. He's making his way to Tear.
3: Yeah, he's he's almost there, and he's a little bit crazy, and he's uh, mumbling on the side of the road. Yeah, yeah. And this caravan just shows up as he's, you know, mumbling, and they're like, "This is a this is a nice campsite you got here. Mind if we, mind if we uh, camp with you a little bit?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure, camp with me." And in like the blink of an eye, just knifes them all down, and uh, in some you know rampant. This looks like a loose theron type situation where he's just going full crazy mad killing everybody and then uh and then at the end of the chapter well at the end of this the the scene he he sets up all the bodies which is completely creepy by the way and uh originally there were 10 and then he counts 11 meaning that somebody showed up and supposedly it might be a gray man, something to that effect, Right, which, right. which I wasn't supposed to catch by the way. Thanks Reddit guy. You weren't supposed to catch, I oh, supposed right, to catch cause, that. Cause, yeah. cause Reddit guy said so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that I'm, was awesome. I'm not as bitter as I sound. Okay. I'm just, I'm playing the bitter up for effect, but, but I, I did catch that and I didn't think very much of it at the time. Honestly, I thought, well, okay, he's traipsing across the countryside being chased by, by dark hounds and, yeah, yeah. and gray men and, and shadow fiends and everything. So one shows up. Okay, that's a par for the course. But then it got me thinking. That that shows two things. One, it shows that he might be instinctively in tune with. Uh, at this moment, he he might be instinctively in tune with if somebody is is a dark friend or full on evil in that. And so he just whips out the the uh, the sword and goes to town. But having the the gray man, we'll call him the gray man, there kind of substantiates that maybe he wasn't well, quite as yeah. crazy or at least maybe he was at, at I least no man in tune the I way
0: the way that i read it it was cold blood yeah it, i i can't take any chances these people are in my path that's that's and how they, i and so they've yeah. got to go that's I, how
3: i read it too until until i got to thinking about it later after that yeah that part i
0: think it's really easy to go and say well there it turns out there was a gray man there yeah well well, I, I, I should talk about the gray men. It's weird that We should, yeah, we should the, talk the, about them. The gray man, one gray man shows up in Tarvalin, and then suddenly they are everywhere. Yeah. In this book. It seems well, like... Well, not, like,
3: not just one, right? I mean, yeah, one they're shows all, they're up and then up they the find place. another one. This is...
0: Anyway, so that's the thing. But it, anyway, so he, he kills all these people and then it turns out that there's a gray man there. And the way that the Reddit discussion was going, it made me think people were saying, well, there was a gray man there, so he was justified in killing all these people. And and it makes... I don't know. I don't have that sense. It, it seemed... Even if there was a gray man there, he didn't know what a gray man was. He, right. He didn't know. It's not like they tried to kill him. He just lopped all their heads off. Right. And, and that, so I don't know. I just I feel like it 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 troubles me a little bit. It, it troubles me a little bit path. too.
3: But I I don't want to I don't want to sound like I'm justifying it yeah. I, 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 by right. any means. If if they were innocents, you know. But it, it just it led me to think maybe he's in his crazy. He's tuned into something about. Something that that warns him about, you know, there's evil afoot, and and so he just goes, you know, instinctively, kind of like when he was walking through the countryside and and the magic was seeping out, and he's making people fall in love, and he's making people maybe you know something attached to that, and maybe those ten people were innocent, and he just you know.
0: Well, I think the point of the gray men is they might not have even realized that this guy was traveling with their caravan, right. Right, that that's mm-hmm. the point of a gray man is that he can it's, slip in unnoticed. Well, they they can't be sensed. Yeah. I think
1: I think the timing of this scene is interesting too, though, because when you cut scene and like when it actually jumps down and you get yeah. into Rand's point of view, it's it's in the middle of a chapter, which this chapter is titled "Daughter of the Night," which we all know Lanphier, to be land right. So there's yeah. stuff okay. going on, but right before Rand wakes up. Because he wakes up and then immediately is confronted by this caravan of that's, people. That's the one where he's yeah. in Perrin's yeah, dream, so right? Yeah, so he's in Perrin's... Well, he's, they're in the world of dreams. Yeah. And Perrin sees him and Rand's in there in Telaran Riyadh and he's fighting all these things. And, and Perrin... We see from Perrin's point of view that there's all these Myrdral that are coming to try to get Rand. And so Rand is... It's important to remember that Rand is constantly battling the shadow, both in the waking world and in the dream world. So... He has to be, I mean, he's, he's literally on the edge all the time. Right. He just sat up and woke up from fighting all of these fades in the world of dreams. And then all of a sudden he's confronted and he just immediately continues slaughtering people. Is that how it goes? Okay. Maybe I didn't understand the timeline. Well, still, but (laughs) But even still, still. even still, I think it, it adds to, you know, Ryan's earlier point, um, about Rand's madness and like in The Dragon Reborn he is crazy he has lost it anytime we see Rand in this book he is like on the edge of just complete complete insanity
0: okay yeah, Ryan it seemed like you had a lot to say on this subject
2: sorry I got pulled into trying to find exactly where that section was and identifying that Um, someone made a comment there that I don't really know. I don't have a point of reference on here to to really back it up, but that those who can channel can sense gray men, and so he might have sensed it and been. I don't know.
1: I don't know that he realized that it was a gray man, though. To be honest, because in the end he's of the chapter... Yeah, and
0: it's this—the uh, fact that it's uh, or the speculation that it's a gray man is just mm-hmm. that, isn't it? it, it yeah, it's, yeah, well, yeah, it's pure we, speculation. It doesn't say. We, it. we as a There's reader, a yeah, we
1: as a reader, you know, infer that it's it's a gray man because of right. he's. It says right here um, after he kills everybody and he's, you know, looking at the headless corpse of the woman that he just decapitated (laughs) and lying on the ground had maintained her hand had maintained its grip and held the animal's head down. So she's holding the reins or whatever. It says uh, ran, you know, confirms to himself aloud, I am the dragon reborn. Um, And then he says frowning, he peered at the line He had been sure there were only 10 men, but 11 men knelt in that line. One of them without armor of any sort, but with a dagger still gripped in his hand. And then Rand actually verbally acknowledges the corpse and says, you chose the wrong company. Yeah. And so Hmm. I don't think that he consciously sees this is a gray man, but he does see that this guy doesn't have armor like everybody else. He obviously isn't part of the group, but it could have just been a traveler or whatever. And, you know, he, he verbally says, you chose the wrong company. But he doesn't know it's a gray man. We as readers make that assumption, right. which it is, but Yeah.
3: Well and that and that's why I was saying I mean, he doesn't necessarily know he's there, but just maybe the the presence of him kicks in the mm-hmm. you know, gotta kill evil sense, and that's why he goes mm-hmm. ape crazy. So
2: it's paranoid he's that's super the, mad right now. Yeah. That he's gonna get over at the end of the book. Yeah. He killed innocence. It's okay. We're gonna
0: go with that. Uh okay. should we do a word of the day? Do it. Ooh. Word of the day. The word of the day today is don't. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It was a, uh, okay, I guess it's a joke. No, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh, The word of the day is don't. There will be two more words of the day that will make up a phrase. And if you complete the phrase and, uh, and privately message that to us, then uh, you will be entered to win some pretty sweet wheel o time swag by the way i should mention i know that a lot of you are huge fans and so you probably own all of the hardbacks if you will send in the phrase with your preferred prize i will try to get you in for that i i don't think any of them are of really significantly different values monetarily and so i'm i'm not trying to like play favorites like oh this one's the best prize but whatever so if you prefer the shirt the coloring book or the hard bound uh, memory of light let me know and i'll try to uh, sort people into their preferred uh or or if you if you get drawn i'll try to get you the thing you want does that make sense
3: now i'm just singing blue oyster cult i have
0: i have no idea how i'm going to pull that off but we'll figure it out and we'll make it fair so uh the word of the day is don't let's move on um, let's talk about the scene. One of my favorite moments, and maybe we just do a, a few favorite moments from the book, is the chapter before Egwene goes through the uh, the Terangreal to become accepted. And it's uh, so she and Nynaeve and Elaine get pulled into the Amarlin's, uh chamber. And she is going to dress them down, and she does, and then she tells them, I'm going to make you accepted and sick you on the Black Aja. I loved that chapter so much. Yes. I, and I, I think it's, it's just great characterization with Swan Sanche. It was a great bit of misdirection on Robert Jordan's part, and then he turns the tables, uh, both on the characters and on the readers, uh, and then sets it in one chapter in one scene he sets the scene for these characters to go on a crazy adventure a really dangerous one i i just think it's a fantastic bit of storytelling and a great bit of setup on his part so i, I love that bit uh do you guys have stuff that you really enjoyed from this or do you want to talk about that i don't know
1: uh oh go ahead ken no you no you go ahead i, 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 speak I had the last much. one okay um, well, just when you said the chapter before, I was actually thinking you were going to refer to when, uh, like, before Egwene becomes accepted. Yeah, yeah. Egwene goes and visits Varen. It might actually be in the same chapter as she mm-hmm. goes through the Turangriel, but she goes and visits Varen, and Varen has, like, the list of all the, you know, Black Aja or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. then, like, there's, like, a list of Turangriel, and Egwene gets her little. Uh, Taragrel ring gets her dream weaver. Ring. Yeah, her uh, where she can enter the world of dreams. <laughs> so that's exactly which was really this. interesting when she went through that. There were the two Taragrel in the same room, and it made the whole big archway Taragrel like freak out when she was inside. And oh man, and that was, was every, freaky. And everybody was like super worried about what was going on. And, like what happened? What happened? Yeah, uh, not shit. necessarily one of my favorite parts, but that's the one that I thought you were bringing mm-hmm. up.
0: So. Yeah, I, and I Arch- did love that. Mm-hmm. It was it. The Tarangire scene lost a little bit of luster for me because Nynaeve had already done it yeah, in the last seen book. It. That being said, it was still interesting to see Igwane's uh, stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't. Uh, it didn't blow me away the way that Nynaeve's did. Um, so I preferred the chapter before mm-hmm. with more setup. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I um, liked.
3: Uh, what I was gonna say is the uh, the section where she six. The uh, the Wonder Girls, is that what we call them? Yeah, the Wonder Girls on uh, on the Black Aja it, it establishes that these three are, while very raw, extremely powerful. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I mean, the, for some reason, you know, they can't use, you know, they're they're untrained, or they've got the the you can only channel when you're mad, block, or you know, mm-hmm. uh, the the variety of other things. But collectively, well, or individually, you're more powerful than. Any of these black aja but they've got mad skills because they've had years of training. So, but it establishes that that these girls are, are capable of of doing this task. You know, mm-hmm. We're sticking you on these really evil sorceresses, you know, which sorcery, sorcery, sure. Which, which on its well, <laughs> <Sorcery thing>. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but on its on its surface, it leads you to go. Yeah right. These three against all the uh, thirteen, you know. Well, we're we're
2: jumping the one core reason why they were sent versus anyone else. Because she can actually trust them. They're the yes. only three that she can trust. They're the only trust. three she can truly right. trust. Everybody Shocking. else can be. <laughs>
0: wow, that yep. was that was unattractive.
3: Well, and and that's the other thing it establishes. But it, I think I think establishing that they're actually really powerful is kind of important too. Because through the first two books, I'm like, eh. You know, but it, it gives them some credibility. So,
0: so moving on, uh, unless you guys have other favorite parts you want to talk about? I, I do. You do? Okay, good.
2: I want to talk about not Rand and Kalandor in Tyr, but the taking of the Stone of Tyr, because we haven't even touched on the Aiel in this story. <laughs> oh, yet. my gosh, yeah. that's true. The fact is, this is this is part of the prophecy, and armies have come against the Stone of Tear, and it's never fallen. But you throw a hundred IE in.
0: I, I I have to admit, I was a little unsatisfied.
2: Really? Yeah. With the ending of this book, because
0: of that, because the Stone of Tear is this mythical place that nobody can ever take over, and it's uh, it's an absolute stronghold, and uh, it's it's totally safe from all enemy attacks, and blah blah blah. And I mean, we get that it's it's gonna happen. That's the direction the book is going, and it's not a surprise when Rand succeeds in getting Kalindor. But the way that that it's written, all of these characters, the, the 100, Aiel, Matt, Rand, Jewel, and Sandar, it's like, oh, hey, there's a window. I'll just climb in there. Yeah. Oh, hey, I've I got no problem getting in there. That's no problem. And it's it's so, it's so such a uh, an anticlimactic payoff to such
2: a big setup for the Stone of Tear.
0: Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, you don't have I, to agree with me, yeah, but I, does I that get make what sense? what you're saying.
2: Um, I, I don't agree with because one of the first things that Matt talks about is like I got to climb up this hundred foot cliff and you know I could possibly just break my neck on on this climb but because he sees the IEO climbing on the other side and right. got to climb up there yeah. so there's there's enough there to say that it's not just hey look here's a window we can get in um, and he uses you know and using the fireworks to get through but what really came to my mind on this part specifically was I thought of Ender's Game when he's given the unwinnable match. And so he just creates a cluster, throws oh. it out there, a formation, throws it out there, but then sends four people down, or the four people oh, the oh, one sure. down okay. to the gate to get through. Yeah, to take the stone of Tear, they don't have to kill when everybody. Every- they just they have, just to, just have get to get Kalendor. Yeah, okay. And that's that's really all they did. They didn't beat everybody in there. They didn't submit. If, they went through and they got Kalendor, so now they went. Oh well, Dragon Reborns here. I guess we we lost. Well, if, yeah, and the, and the if, if realm, that
0: had been made more clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that indeed that was what Robert Jordan was thinking was something along those lines, I would have totally dug that.
1: No, see, I, I'm I'm kind of with Ryan on this one because I feel like that was the the idea that I got is that it, it's this big impregnable fortress, you know, Helm's Deep, if you will. But uh, you need the smaller, more you know, strategic tactics to get in there. And like you said, to take the Stone of Tear, all you have to do is get Calendar. And we don't know I mean Matt blew a freaking hole in the wall that with was his awesome. fireworks. Which Love was scene. so cool. And and that whole rooftop scene actually reminded me of uh Mistborn when they're up on the rooftops all oh, the time. But uh yeah Matt blows up this huge window, you know, with his with his fireworks. And that creates this giant distraction to allow these Aiel... To get into the stone so even if the stone is guarded you know the isle are gonna have a tough time getting in there but they're also not you know attacking it in the conventional form for randland they don't fight the same way right. as any other army that the stone of tear is built for you know to, to defend against they yeah. don't fight the same way they and fight so, dirty yeah i well, mean guerrilla tactics and we get
2: to this is actually to this point is we have been told up to this point that the Aiel are incredibly deadly fighters. We actually get to see that here in in the fact that these hundred do in fact hold the Stone of Tear long enough for Rand to get Kalandor for everything to happen and they turn all these people away with minimal losses and people are talking about how there's thousands of Aiel in there when it's really just a hundred and you know it's it really we, we realize just how incredible these Aiel are at fighting.
1: Well, and you want to talk about not being able to get into the stone when you have, you know, the defenders of the stone defending its walls and it's impossible to get in. Okay, now throw Aiel in there who are incredibly superior fighters to anybody on this side of the Dragon Wall. And yeah. now, good luck with any... I mean, if you sent 100 Aiel after that 100 Aiel or, you know, to di- get into the stone after the initial 100 is defending
0: it, they're not getting in. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with some
3: conveniently placed fireworks. I yes.
0: did. I did love the fireworks scene. I think it's. Uh, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun to think about fireworks and how intricate they are. And if you take away the intricacy and just put them in an enclosed space and light them off, uh, bad things are going to happen. <laughs> like you know, they, they always said, don't light right. a firecracker off in your hand. And if you are going to do it, but do it on your hand, not mm-hmm. in your hand, right? Cause if I, it's, yeah,
1: I love that Tom is like petrified. That Matt's like over there just like cutting it open. (laughs) (laughs) And Tom's just like, what are you doing? You fool boy. Yeah. Speaking of Tom. Pull my mustache. um, I don't know if we mentioned this (laughs) in our Great Hunt, but it happens in the Great Hunt, but it came, it was more clear to me in the Dragon Reborn. And if people didn't catch it, Tom actually was the one to kill the King of Kyrian. Oh, right, right, right. It's mentioned in here um, because they talk about you know, I'm actually I think he says something about I'm actually it's probably actually safer for me to go to Camlin with you than it would be <laughs> to stay in Kyrene right now. Because, <laughs> right. like, he totally killed the king because, you know, Tom's I can't remember what his girlfriend's name was that got killed in the great right. hunt. But Dina. But they find he finds out essentially in the great hunt that the it's the a- king's men that do it. And so he goes off and kills the king. And it wasn't. Directly said in the Great Hunt, but it was pretty much directly said in the in the Dragon Reborn, and I was like, "Oh yeah, Tom."
0: Yeah, Tom's uh, Tom's a secret badass. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and I don't really know a lot about him other than that he's a secret badass. So he, I uh, guess we'll just have to keep our eyes. He's eye out kind of on. he's
1: kind of like Kvothe because he's the uh the the musician m- musician the... King Killer. <laughs> there you go. He's uh-huh. a transformer. He's more
3: than just, oh yeah.
0: copyright infringement. Yes. Whoops. Oh no, um, no, I mean. On Patrick Rothfuss's part, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> we are—it's uh, unbelievable. We are like 47 minutes into this. I well, can't I, believe I how did, fast this is I did derail
2: going. and go—you know—take a that's, good chunk of it. That's right. It's, Three
0: minutes of that was devoted to Ryan going.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: <laughs> um, we can we can talk about the IELTS. or did you need to? No, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. I, say, I do have. There's a, more there's things there's a real. really there's a couple really important things. Um, like well, the fact one, that Rand is an IELTS. Well, that's one, that's, but that's kind of been that's been clear. That's got it pretty much established. But yeah, Perrin actually frees Gaul. Oh, right, right, the right. in that town. And there's a couple of things oh, yeah, that yeah. happen with Perrin. And he he finds uh, is it Noel? Is that the guy's name that is that could oh, yeah, the other
0: wolf man? Yeah, yeah his, so Perrin, his brother.
1: Perrin sees what he could become. I don't know if that was yes, this yeah, book yeah, yeah. It, no, that's Perrin this sees book. what he could be actually become if he lets his you know, he's always complaining about the wolves or whatever, man. but if he, if he loses his identity as a man, he would become a wolf. And he actually sees that, which is a huge step forward for Perrin. But then also a really important plot point is when Perrin releases Gaul. Um, and he, you know, he, he yeah. makes the decision to go out and free this. IEL man that he doesn't even know. And then he ends up being attacked and they have to run away. And, and that's where we get fail. Yeah. Or
0: Fai'il. F- yeah. let I, I, I know her as fail because I Fael. listen to the audiobooks. I just say fail because I feel like mm. she's... Let's call a her failure. fail anyway. <laughs> uh,
1: Epic fail. Man, I hate her so much. <laughs>
0: um, Anyways, that was my only... Let's Fael hope Fael. the next book cures that. I don't see it happening. Um, let's... Okay, so we've already talked about Gaul's Rescue. Julian Sandar is the thief... Is it thief catcher in tier or is it thief he, taker? He prefers... Thief Taker,
1: the like common slang is Thief Catcher. Okay, okay. But he prefers Thief Taker for some reason. Um,
0: pretty sure that he's carrying a sai, which makes him much like Raphael, my spirit anim animal. Uh, so I don't really know a lot about him yet, but I I suspect he'll come up more. Um, that's always been my favorite weapon in all of like martial arts ever oh, since yeah. I was a little kid and I watched uh, Ninja Turtles. You like, you and I, Raphael was always my turtle. oh yeah yeah. yeah. Um, because he, like me, hates you guys so much. Yep, that's why
3: he <laughs> was always surly.
0: Um, Moiraine makes mention that she, and I can't remember if she says this in the last book or if she says it in this book, but she says I'm not, I have learned things. I am more powerful than I was when I showed up in Emmons Field. And you're left to think, well, what's going on? And then Samael Dispatches the Darkhounds, terrible name, by the way, Darkhounds. Um, dispatches the Darkhounds to go kill him, and she lets loose with something. And there have been minor mentions of Balefire, and this sounds a lot like that. And so, uh, I guess I'll be interested to see where that goes. Um, what else? I'm very interested that, that uh, the groundwork has
3: been set for land to be... Um, relieved, of relieved. His bond. Thank you of his bond oh, yeah, to yeah, Moraine. Yeah, yeah. Well, you have to get so, him a naive somehow. I exactly. Mean, uh,
0: <sighs> oh gosh. Yeah. Uh, a question for Kyle: <laughs> Is the Koreathon cycle spelled out anywhere? Um, because there's all this mention, especially like at the beginning of the book. There's mm-hmm. this whole list of things given. I think Rand mm-hmm. has learned of some of these things from the koreathon cycle the what what are the prophecies of the dragon mm-hmm. and he names off all these things he'll do this and this will happen and the rivers will turn to blood and frogs mm-hmm. will uh that's I something don't... else but <laughs> but um yeah i was just wondering do you know if it's if it's gathered anywhere
1: i don't know for sure like are you just talking like for a reader to go find it yeah, or like yeah, within yeah. the actual book story Well, so so far does it get does it get pointed out within the narrative so
0: far in the narrative we haven't been given like here is Mm -hmm. chapter and verse the entire thing i i understand that but Mm -hmm. i was wondering if we are ever going to get that in the book or if there's a place where it's
1: gathered you definitely get more of it yeah um there's this whole i don't feel like this is super spoiler but you know within the next book there's this whole kick that Rand goes on about discovering essentially what you're looking for. It's like, what are the prophecies of the dragon and all that? And they, they get mentioned in there. So okay. I don't, I don't feel like that's a huge spoiler. Um, but it, it d- definitely gets mentioned. I don't know of anywhere where it like lays it out where you can go like first lose Theron chapter one, verse two, you know, like <laughs>
2: <laughs> you can go to the wheel of time wiki. Oh, okay. W O T dot, wikia dot com and they have the entire thing and it is it's long. Yeah, they have the entire thing gathered yeah. together. Oh, and okay, just be cool. careful when you're
1: doing that yeah, if you're I, reading for the first time, that can be really spoilerific. Spoiler-y.
0: I think something like so, that I'll probably wait until mm-hmm, I'm done with the series and then mm-hmm. and then go check it out.
1: Um but within the narrative it definitely comes up in pieces and and there's usually little um things in the back of the book like at the end there's like a little from the Corithon cycle or like Something like that that you can read as well. It's Similar similar, but not as well done as some of the stuff that Sanderson does with like his chapter headings or like the, the little prequels in his chapters right, kind of
0: right. thing. What, what do we call those? The
1: epigraphs or?
3: Epitaphs. Epi- epigraphs. Epitaph is on the tombstone. Yeah, the sorry. tombstone.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, what, Wh- whatever. <laughs> whatever they're called. We're so smart, you Epidermis. guys. Epidermis. <laughs> <laughs> Pachyderm. Uh, uh so let's now that we've talked about all the characters and everything, I do want to bring up Robert Jordan again um and talk about his writing style and what I'm liking and what and I'm that, not and that he grew a beard during book 3 oh, pra- and apparently. book 4. I think I've already <laughs> talked about a few things that I really liked that he did, but I wanted to bring up a few things that are driving me kind of crazy. We've already talked about some of his verbal tics with the actions that characters take. There's a new one that I'm noticing and it's there this is a direct quote from book 3 some character blah 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 um uh would have had you cursing your mother for ever letting your father steal that first kiss that's an insult that gets thrown out all the time like instead of saying i you'll wish you'd never been born it's you'll curse your mother for giving your father that first kiss or something along those lines and he does it over and over and over again
2: i i okay
0: yeah i i guess it's just driving me a little crazy to hear it's, it all the time.
2: It's one of those things that, if it's the terminology of the people, if it's what yeah, the yeah. normal phrasing yeah. of the people, that's what they would say. I mean, just like we would use whatever idiot uh, um, idiom, idiom, idiomatic idiom phrase. Phrase. Yes. <laughs>
0: it's getting a little late for Ryan.
2: I'm hitting. I'm, I don't know what's happening. I've hit this, your wall. I've hit this wall.
0: <laughs> um, all right. So there's. Uh, that was not really a major complaint that was just kind of a uh, i'm tired of hearing that phrase yeah. but this one is kind of a a complaint and i know i we've brought this up in book 1 i think it was we talked about limited third person and how um he he uses it a lot but kind of imperfectly and then in book 2 he actually did well with it as far as i remember i don't i don't remember anything glaring And the reason I'm on the lookout for this, honestly, partly is because when we first started and I posted something on the Watts subreddit, somebody said, this is a major characteristic of the books. And yeah, people had been doing it for a while, but Robert Jordan really mastered the technique. And for some reason that that word, he's he's the master of this technique really stuck with me. And so I've been on the lookout and there are points that where he really breaks down on the third-person limited uh, narrative. So there's a, a point where, I think it's when they're talking to Swan Sanche, Nynaeve was attempting to appear meek. Um, oh no, I'm sorry, I'm gonna come back to that one. From its nest in the red silk lining, the Armorlin took out a white fluted wand the length of her forearm. It could have been bone or ivory, but was neither. No one alive knew what it was made of. And this is supposed to be from Egwene's perspective. And so she sees Swan Sanchez pull this thing out. It could have been bone or ivory, but somehow mm-hmm. she knows that it's neither. And somehow she knows mm-hmm. that nobody knew what it was made part,
1: of. Part of it, too, and, and I don't want to, like, because I, I am with you on this. I don't know that. I think that he does a good job. I don't know if I would say that he mastered it. Right. And, and I don't know where the blame falls. But it's like you're saying, in the in the actual publication a lot of the times all that needs to happen is like an extra space between paragraphs to show that your perspective or your perspective is shifting your point of view character. And there's another chapter. I can't remember where it was. I I marked it down, but don't have it on, on hand. It jumps from Rand to Matt to Perrin to whomever else with no visual like indication that this is, the, changing. That changing, and that's yeah. yeah. that's a little bit different because I think that's more of an editing thing and like a and a publication thing. But like what you're saying is like, how does Egwene know that this object like the, is unknown to is un- all yeah. mankind? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Egwene, you know, is a know-it-all.
0: And, <laughs> <you> know. <laughs> we'll, I I do want to talk about Egwene more, maybe next time. There, uh, we don't worry. We've got 11 more books. There's plenty of time. But we'll get to her next time. Um, but with the third person uh limited narration the part of the reason i'm bringing this up isn't just to be a jerk and be like ah robert jordan you suck like i don't think that part of the reason i bring it up is because i know that a lot of people want to write their own books and i'm frankly i've never tried i don't imagine i'd be all that good at writing a book but i do want to point out a few things for those who do want to give it a shot and if you're going to write something in a third person limited perspective keep it that way be really uh be be conscious about what you're doing there was a scene and i i started to quote it and i realized it was the wrong one but there's a scene where nynaeve was attempting to appear meek and succeeding only in looking as if she had a sour stomach shuriam had her fists on her hips and was tapping her foot irritably and so this is again it's Egwene watching these people and i realized that the reason, or maybe may the reason that Robert Jordan is giving all these characters the ticks, the tugging of the braid, the folding of the arms under the breasts, or in this case, a tapping of a foot to show irritability. It's he doesn't want to go away from that character's perspective, but he wants the reader to understand what the other characters are thinking. And so he gives them these really weird physical manifestations of their feelings. I guess they're not weird. It's that they're, they're exaggerated and super obvious. So it would be like it, you know if you well you act like it tasted good so you rub your stomach and say mmm you know it's <laughs> kind of stupid.
2: I, I I don't necessarily say the thing that they're exaggerated like that. I think that it's because of how frequently we see these things that it we've noticed it because yeah. it's it's lit- we're not allowed to assume a lot of things because we are told in most situations that Shiriam is irritated you know in this case she's irritated. Uh, Naive has a sick stomach everyone we know the emotional state of everyone in the room when you could really just you, we don't necessarily need to know We that. don't need to know that let yeah. the dialogue you know let the dialogue portray it a little bit we don't need to necessarily see that yeah. But because so frequently we're given the physical tick along with whatever else there it gets to be repetitive so that we start to feel that it's exaggerated because everybody's doing it. It's always a tug. It's always this, you know. It's always uh, there's something. The some frustration. Like nine out of ten times, I swear it's frustration. <laughs> right. Like everyone in this is so frustrated. Everyone all the needs time. to get some because they are. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or like like we talked about with Elida and and Moraine, but just all the characters in general. It's like so many problems could be solved if you would all just sit down in a room and talk to each other. Right. And this just gets worse and worse throughout the series as far as, like, as a reader, you're like, oh, my gosh, why are you doing this thing? Because this person over here is doing this other thing, and this is happening on this end of the world, and if you guys were communicating with each other, none of this, you know, conflict would be happening, which is is simultaneously super great and extremely frustrating Well, because it gives you that conflict. That
2: single point would derail Eighty percent of entertainment out there. <laughs> it's like just sit
1: together and do something, like yeah, yeah. or get some, like Ryan said. There you go. I, <laughs> Even better.
3: I put that in the first. I mentioned that in the first part of the Great Hunt. Good heavens! Doesn't anybody actually trust anyone in this world? Oh, I thought you were going to say, "Doesn't anybody?" <laughs> Does anybody ever get? How do? How do people get born in Randland? <laughs>
0: uh well that's an interesting way to go out on this episode (laughs) uh you guys have any final thoughts uh anything you're looking forward to predictions you want to make uh things you want to know about i i really want to know about balefire um and i want to know about lord gabriel we only mm got a, a scene with him i'm really curious about what he's gonna be doing what about you Ken final yeah. thoughts I wrote
3: down a whole list of predictions okay sweet um we'll hear more from the uh, I called them the leashed women who ran across the sea the uh yeah that um, it's about time for the children to play a bigger role uh, Dane leg. Bernhold's mm-hmm. kid or Dane Bernhold uh, Elaine goes full Rohan on her mom and cleanses the evil whispering in her ear <laughs> um someone dies I bet it's Egwene. That's you know. Tom Marilyn <laughs> continues to pull his mustache.
0: Is that is that you bet it's Egwene or you hope it's Egwene? I hope it's Egwene. Kyle I, hopes it's Egwene. Everybody else bets as I, 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 I think.
3: I think she lasts quite a long time, actually, or, or doesn't die at all. But I said it earlier. It's like I think she's gonna die.
0: I'm so, digging um, on Egwene, and I'll, uh, next time I'll tell you guys why. And uh, all because the, she's
1: insufferable, and so are
3: yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> last last prediction:
0: All the girls continue to have breasts. There you go. <laughs> I'm and, not touching that with a 10-foot pole. And they appreciate that, too.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and okay. I'm not touching
1: that with a 10-foot Continue pole. Continue on with the final thoughts. Um, um,
2: I, I want to throw this one as my kind of final thought prediction question into the ether here. Uh, we just gave Rand, the one of the least experienced channelers, uh, the most powerful Saw Angriall that we know oh, of right yeah, now. Oh, yeah, Congratulations, you have it at the end of this. You literally, he talks about it having so much like he could do. There's nothing he couldn't do. Okay, you've got it. Now what are you going to do? Oh, and control of an empire or of a, a oh, city, uh, yeah. nation. Yeah. Now he's got your... He's officially congratulations. a Congratulations, you're a king. Yeah,
3: congratulations, farm boy. You're a
2: king well, and you, you drew the this, sword from the stone. Which will be
1: really interesting politically because Tyr does not have kings.
2: Just because a watery oh,
3: tart it. throws a sword at you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I... That's the thing. We've you've just put into play a major major piece that has ma- huge implications on what can be done. Uh what are we going to do with it? Mm-hmm. All right. Kyle, uh, anything you want to yeah, say? Yeah, my final thought would be prophecies and uh
1: the Aiel and the fact that they're even there and they, you know, refer to themselves as the people of the dragon. There are more prophecies than I, I
2: don't think that's a big deal. Then we're counting <laughs> on, you know, that's a pretty cool reveal, though. Moraine, yeah.
1: Moraine, you know, thinks that she's got this whole, I've got to guide Rand to be the dragon reborn, and we've got to fulfill these prophecies. Well, there are all kinds of prophecies out there about the dragon reborn yeah, and Rand, and she probably doesn't Rand doesn't that she doesn't about. even know about. And and right there staring them in the face are the people of the dragon, the Aiel. And so yes. what, are, what are their prophecies? The he who comes with the dawn is dun, what they're searching dun, dun, for. Dun. And what is... What are those prophecies that he has to reveal and and are there more?
0: (sighs) Well, that's good. I hope so. And I'm officially tired of talking to you guys. So I think we should wrap it up. What do you say? Um, All right. Once again, the word of the day today is don't, uh, which is uh, coincidentally the name of the brand of, um, uh, it was this stuff that my mom would put on my fingers so that I would stop sucking on them when I was like four years old. It was called don't four yeah four yeah four. Four. jalapeno sauce i don't know it, it was awful it tasted <laughs> or, awful or 34 yeah. uh yeah and it like it, it was like it was almost like um it, it came in this bottle that had a like a nail brush like mm-hmm.
2: do you feel like just because i wasted people's lives that you have to too <laughs> like
0: you, you can't just let me have it no 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 i just want you to remember the word of the day and now you'll never forget
2: The word of the day is something that Craig used to put in his mouth. (laughs) Oh, wow. Uh,
0: Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, (laughs) Keep a watch on Reddit. Before we do the next uh, episode, before we go to Shadow Rising, I will put up some discussion points because I loved having a few things to talk about from the listeners and uh and we'll probably get to even more of them next time (laughs) Uh, so i'll put that up there keep a watch and please don't be afraid to uh let us know what you're thinking about the books and i know most of you have read this a lot before so try to keep it less spoilery um and i would appreciate it anyway you guys good shall we good call it do it okay have a good one everybody